0: Phyllis, would you mind reading that last phrase again? For without me, you can do nothing. He never said we could. Without him. So what's the implication? We get our strength from him with him. We can do all things. Philippians Philippians 4.13. I don't know if Sister Ruby, if you remember this or not, but I remember years ago when he first began playing the organ for us. And I was here some, one day during the week, and I noticed you had a little, I think a three-by-five card on your organ. and The organ up here, and it said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You remember that, Ruby, or not? Oh, is it still there? Oh, okay, okay. That would look like it. But yes, we can. He never said we could on our own. But he never said he couldn't, either. He can do that. And so that is absolutely true. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. But it's also true through Christ we can do all things. Isaiah forty, verses thirty and thirty one. Amen. Young men will faint. They'll get weary. Young men will fall. What's the key? Waiting on the Lord. If you do that, what happens? Your strength will be renewed. You'll run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Again, what's the key here? Be strong in ourselves? No. In the Lord and the power of His might. And what more can we ask for? Nothing else. Nothing more we can ask for. Now, by the way, if we are not strong in the Lord, whose fault is it? Ours. If we're not strong in the power of His might, whose fault is it? It is ours. It is there from God for the taking. But again, it's not automatic. Okay? It is not automatic. So, whatever the Lord calls us to do, what should be our response? Say it again. Yes, Lord. Do you remember Moses? When God first called him, was that Moses' first response? No, Lord. He began to make excuses. But we have to understand, God will never call us to do anything that he will not enable us to do. We can bear that yoke because of his sustaining grace. He will not call us to do something that He will not equip us to do the same for Him. Deuteronomy 33, verse 25. Okay, now again, I realize that this is a particular promise to the children of Israel. uh, But nonetheless, God promised strength. Exodus uh, four, verse ten. Is that, I think that's right. Yeah. My, please. I guess my question is, what did that matter to God? It didn't matter. Now, it mattered to Moses, but it didn't matter to God. Oh, I know. I, I never thought of this. God didn't know that. <laughs> he knew it. Now, remember, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. And Moses had to learn that. Well, I should have had to read verse 12 too, Dan. Okay, Moses said, wait a minute, Lord, I, you know I don't speak well. So God said, all right, just stay where you're at. No, he said, go. Now, if you, if you remember part of the story of what happened while they were in Egypt in the, in the later days, Pharaoh was concerned about how rapidly the, nation, the, the Jews were growing, or the Israelites were growing in, in number. And so he decided to make their job harder. In fact, he came to the point where he wanted to make brick and he didn't give him any straw. You know, and it was almost impossible to do that. And it's interesting if God asks you to do something he'll give you the straw to do it with. He will give you sustaining grace to carry it out, enabling Grace. And so we can be like Moses and make all kinds of excuses, but God says, don't worry, I will be with you." Second Corinthians chapter three, look at verse five. What's Paul saying here? Yeah, God's by strength. I mean, he realized what a tremendous responsibility he had in taking the gospel across the the known world. And Paul realized in his own strength, there's no way he could do it. And Paul, in fact, he asked a question, who is sufficient for these things? And Paul realized in himself he wasn't. But he understood that God would provide sufficiency. So it doesn't matter what God calls us to do, even if it may involve suffering, God will provide sustaining grace, enabling grace. Now, you remember when Jesus, before He ascended back to heaven, He told the disciples that all power in heaven and earth were given to Him. And my friend, that power still belongs to Christ. And because he has all power in heaven and earth, what can Jesus do? Anything he wants. He can make our enemies free from before us, and he can even deliver us from the mouth of the lion. Don't ask me to explain it because I cannot. And I don't pretend to understand it except that God's in charge. But I do know that He will allow and has allowed His servants to be beaten and cast in prison. One example is Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. They're in the deepest of the prison, the deepest part of the prison. They are in stocks and bonds, and they are so discouraged. They hung their heads down and said, "Woe is me." Is that what happened? No. They begin singing praises to their God. I'm always reminded of the three Hebrew children. King said, if you uh, don't bow, you'll burn. And they said, King, you've got it backwards. If we bow, we know we'll burn. And so the king said, now, fellas, you know, I kind of like you guys. And uh, so I'm going to give you a second chance. I want you to think it over. And they said, king, we don't have to give it a second thought. We know, we know that our God is able to deliver us. The king also knows this. If he chooses not to deliver us, he is still our God. What are they saying? What's your point? Yeah. No matter what happens. We know he can, but he might choose what? Not to. But it still doesn't take away from the fact that he can do it. He can. So, King, we don't need a second chance. Heat the furnace up. We're ready. So the oak of Christ is easy when we live our lives for the principle of Love. It's easy if it's agreeable to our inclinations as the divine nature within it points to Christ. It's easy as we realize that God provides sustaining, enabling grace for those who wear it. The fourth thing is, it's also easy when we understand, hear me well, the reward for wearing it. How many remember all those years before you came to Christ? How you kept trying one thing after another to find satisfaction. If I could just do this, I'll be satisfied. What happened? You did that, and you weren't satisfied. Well, maybe I'll try this. And So when we were serving sin, we spend our strength for things that did not satisfy but my friend whenever we wear the yoke of christ whenever we wear his yoke we find rest for our souls whenever we spend the time our time doing things to please ourselves For our own honor and our own glory, I'll guarantee you this, you'll reap misery. You'll never be happy. But whenever we learn to deny ourselves, that's what Jesus said to do earlier in our text, Christ will be glorified and our lives will be filled with peace and joy. In fact, a joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's the joy He promises. Psalm 19, verse 11. Talking about God's commandments. They warn us. Be careful here. Watch out. But the psalmist is correct. When we keep them, There is great reward. So we don't serve Christ for anything. Now again, we don't work for our salvation. It's by grace. Not debt. By grace. But those who serve Him out of love will find great reward. Reward. I will give you rest for your soul. How important is that? It's vital. I know I keep talking about my dad. Please pray for him. (coughs) He has been blessed beyond measure. He don't realize it. But the problem is he doesn't know Jesus Christ as his Savior. He's got more than he ever dreamed he'd ever have as far as material things are concerned. And, it's, and you know, today he was, you know, kind of, I said, just shut up. I said, you know, I, I said, Mike girl, this last week found out that his cancer is spread. And it doesn't look good. I said, you got all this blessings. I said, you've got eight kids. Who you love you because you're money? And I said, don't forget, I'm first in line here. But we do love him, not because of his money. I'm kidding about that. And, you know, we take the time to go see him, do what we can, all of it. Now, we've got some that don't live near, but they would if they were here. And I said, you need to understand. But the problem is, folks, he simply... Doesn't have rest for his soul. Does that mean we never get discouraged? Of course not. We all do from time to time. But my friend, we've got a whole lot to cheer us up. A whole lot to send us on our way rejoicing. First of all, we have access to the throne of God. Can it get better than that? I don't think so. We have a whole book. Somebody I heard Chuck Swindoll say today, he said he didn't count, but somebody counted and said there's over 7,000 promises in the Word of God. I don't know for sure, but that's enough to last for a lifetime. 7,000 promises. And we can rest on them. We have the Spirit of God living in us. For comfort, for our soul. But also, folks, we've got a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We have a loving Father who supplies our every need. We have a blessed assurance that one of these days, and it may not be long, one of these glorious days, We're going to live in a world where no sin or sorrow is there. And best of all, God will be there. A place, according to Psalm 1611, fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Aren't you glad for Jesus? And if we will live our lives with those principles in mind, the yoke of Christ will indeed be easy. Let's stop there for tonight.